0: 11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Uh, our special guest today is Mark Pelosi. Mark, how's it going?
2: Great. Thanks for having me, Paul. And I know Quincy will be here as well listening, so thanks for having me on, yeah. guys.
1: Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Um, how's everything just going with, uh, you know, just uh, being quarantined and stuff?
2: Um, It's been, you know, tough anywhere in the U.S., but yeah. thankfully for me, I recently... Moved up to Park City, Utah, which is uh, above Salt Lake in the mountains. Um, I moved out of L.A., which is, I know, having a rough time. Uh, A lot worse than here. So living up here, you know, things are still closed and whatnot. But I really haven't changed what I do. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm out in the nature doing my work from home and uh, just playing with my dogs outside. So um, it's not been too, too bad. But, yeah, still managing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel you on that because I, I I pretty much work remotely anyway. So, yeah, <laughs> h- hasn't much changed. Um, yeah, so that's that's good. But, uh, yeah, and let's go back in time. Like, what's your, like, first memory of just, like, playing soccer? Uh,
2: that's a good question. Um, uh, first memory, uh, I like to think back, too. Um, let's see. I uh, would say my first memory – I want to think about this for a sec. Um, Jesus, that's hard. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I would say my first memory of playing um, was when I first moved to the U.S. from Germany. I was Mm -hmm. about three years old um, and I started playing on a team around five years old or five or six, I would say, and it was a It was just a kind of a rec league, AYSO, and that was my first time where I really got an experience playing on a team, playing with others instead of just playing on your own in the backyard or with your brother when I was little. So that was my first experience playing in San Jose on a team. I was playing with um, my brother's team, so playing a little older because I had a lot of energy and was running a lot when I was little. Um, But yeah, that's, I would say, my first memory playing soccer.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. And I know you were born in Germany. Um, was your, your family was in the military?
2: No, people ask me that a lot. Oh. <laughs> my mom is actually uh, completely German. My dad is uh, American and has some Italian heritage. And my dad was working over in Germany um, for quite a while, working at IBM as a, as a uh, engineer. And that's where he, he met my mom um so yeah i was born over there um my my dad always or my mom always wanted to move back to germany but she Mm -hmm. fell in love with california so we ended up just staying and i grew up in uh, san jose california
1: yeah that's i mean that's why you can never assume right (laughs) i was just yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i mean you you started like really young and you were just like you're already in like the youth academy for the usa um Like, how did Liverpool, like, scout you, or how did you get over there?
2: Yeah, I did start young with the national teams. I I think it was about 13 years old where I went through the ODP system where they have the Mm -hmm. district team, um, then you have the state team. They have all these trials and cuts along the way, so it was kind of tough to see some of my close friends uh, getting cut along the way. But a couple of them made it all the way to the national team with me, which was fun, so I went to the state team then to the regional team, then to the national team and national team camps. Um, And that's where then the next step was going to Bradenton um, IMG Academy to play with the U 17 national team, where it got pretty serious where we were living there, training there every day, kind of in a professional environment training every day, instead of the three days a week we used to have with our club team back home. And then with that national team, the U17 national team, we you know, we played a lot of games internationally where Liverpool first got a glance at me. We played some friendlies in England, and they kind of followed how I was doing while playing for the national team there. And then at, at the U17 World Cup in Mexico in 2011 was when they really, um, you know, watched me closely and liked how I played and thought, I had a you know great potential to play at Liverpool and they gave me an offer right after the World Cup which was hard to turn down.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well uh, I mean that's crazy. What was your like what was your first reaction that like Liverpool offered you that?
2: Yeah, it really is uh, surreal at first, you know, even just hearing their interest you're mm. like, "Wow, really? Okay." Um, you know, my coach pulled me aside and was like, oh, Liverpool's been watching me. And you know, at at first you're like, wow, no way, that's insane. Mm -hmm. You know, that was always everyone's dream to play in England or the Premier League as you're young. Mm -hmm. So when they gave me that offer, um, I was super excited, but I also had to ground myself to, you know, make the right decision for my future and make sure, um, you know, I wanted to skip out on college, going to Mm -hmm. UCLA um, or staying in the MLS. But I've always been a risk taker and I thought I was ready. I was always very independent and I was at 17 years old. I was ready to move over there by myself and um, take the leap.
1: Yeah. So since you're, you're only 17, like when did you realize that you were like, like really good and like at elite level?
2: (laughs) I think it was actually with the national teams because Mm -hmm. at the club level, you know, you're playing against some great players and Mm -hmm. you're on your own team and other teams but when you get to the national level, you you know you're competing on your your own team with the best players in the U.S., so you can kind of gauge what your level is at compared to even some of the other top players in the U.S. Um, you know, I'm a humble guy, but I was kind of performing really well on that team, and then also kind of competing against the other uh, national teams around the world at our age. Um, Mm-hmm. I realized, you know, I was kind of keeping up, performing really well in the hard games. And that's when I knew that I had a really good chance to play at a, the highest level in soccer. So, um, yeah, I think it was around the time where I was at that U-17 national team and kind of competing against the other best players in the world.
1: Yeah, and then just, like, competing with the U.S. national team, like, what it like what does it mean to you to just, like, wear a USA jersey?
2: Oh, it was amazing. You know, I was obviously born in Germany, but I grew up in the U.S. and I would call myself, uh, you know, a real American because I grew up here my whole life. Um, I obviously don't have any weird German accents. Um, And I really took in the culture here as I grew up here. So it was really an honor. Um, It was, you know, every time you put on that shirt, you're really representing the whole country um, in soccer, but also outside of soccer, you know, how you handle yourself off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really fun and an honor to do that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and then going back to Liverpool, like, just moving from um, going, oh, I mean, you were going back to Europe. So for you, was it that much of, like, a culture shock or not really?
2: Um, let's see. It it was a little bit because every country in europe is quite a bit different you know mm. i know the us has also its different cultures yeah. depending where you live but england yeah of course was very different than germany so it was a little bit of a culture shock especially seeing how into the game they were you know i had an idea of how big soccer was over there but when you get there realize that the fans, the city doesn't only follow the first-team top players. Mm-hmm. They also follow the youth teams very thoroughly, and they give you feedback on social media nowadays. Yeah. You know, They tell you when you play horrible. They tell you when you play great. So the culture over there around soccer was, I would say it was intense, but it was very eye-opening to see how much it means to them, um, as well as the culture outside of soccer, you know, the different foods, the different way of living. Um, But, yeah, I think the biggest shock to me was how deep and um, into the game all the fans. Yeah,
1: that's one thing on my bucket list to definitely go see a game overseas one day because, I mean, everyone obviously says it's amazing.
2: Yeah, I definitely recommend Anfield if you're going to do that one. I mean, I know there's other stadiums that have Mm -hmm. a very um, intimate experience, but Anfield was nothing. You know, even going to the other games at Chelsea or at Tottenham Mm. or even in Germany when I went to the game at Anfield, I was just blown away. It it really does give you the shivers when they're singing at the beginning of the games and seeing how, you know, the whole crowd is together chanting and um, celebrating and watching was uh, really, really amazing. But yeah, you should Mm -hmm. definitely, I would recommend checking out Anfield.
1: Yeah, and since you mentioned like the fan base being so crazy, was there any uh, moments like off the field that like fans like ran up to?
2: Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like I said, they're one of the biggest parts was social media or Twitter where mm. after every youth game they're coming, you know, giving you their feedback, which was new to me and really surprising of how much feedback you're getting. Um, but also, yeah. In person, when I was sometimes in the city center, I remember tweeting once, oh, just having a coffee here or something like that. And then a couple of fans were like, oh, we were just in the area and they kind of came into coffee shop. So I was like, OK, I, I realize now how, you know, <laughs> yeah. these big athletes really need to not saying it's bad to meet fans in public yeah. at all. But, you know, if you want to be a little mellow or just hanging out and doing your own thing, you need to be careful what you're saying and where you are at all times.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, sometimes it can be a little scary, too. Just, like, you might just tweet it. Like, you just said that you kind of did it just, like, casually, and then they just saw you. Exactly. And, yeah, what what was your overall experience, like, just playing for the Liverpool youth team?
2: It was amazing. Um, Obviously, I went through some rough times there Mm. with the injuries. But, um, you know, looking back and just thinking about it, I wouldn't have changed it, regardless of the injuries or not, because of the life experience it gave me, The how it helped me grow and mature and learn about myself. Um, but, yeah, just playing at Liverpool at one of the biggest clubs in the world was amazing, tough as well, because of the competition you have. Every new season, they're signing even for the youth team signing a new player from Spain or Africa Mm. or Brazil that are are competing with you. So like I said, it's amazing. And it was also tough and very competitive because of that fact um, that every season they're signing new players to compete with you. So it really pushed you to the uh, best player you could be. And like I said, I was really doing amazing there and having a great time. It took some time to settle in, like you know, Mm. to new culture, um, living alone. Um, but once I settled in and really made some friends and got the hang of the soccer and play speed of play over there, it was, it was a really, uh, you know, once in a lifetime experience.
1: Yeah. And, um, yeah, I know you had that huge, uh, leg injury. How did you just like mentally get through that and eventually get back on the pitch?
2: Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was a tough injury. It was traumatic, obviously, uh, you know, breaking your leg is, Mm -hmm. I know ACL is a tough, very tough injury as well, but it's not as traumatic, I would say, as, you know, snapping your leg in half. So Mm -hmm. I actually got over that part and the fear of, you know, getting hit again pretty easily. Um, for some reason, I don't know. I think I, yeah, that didn't really stick with me, but the tough part was, um, the time it was taking to heal. Usually a leg heals in seven, eight months. You know, I was very disciplined, doing everything I could to get back in that time frame. But unfortunately for whatever reasons, whether it was just because it was a horrible traumatic break and there was a lot of trauma in that area where I was hit or for other reasons the bones weren't connecting so it was actually taking a lot longer than those seven to eight months that a bone usually heals in so Mm -hmm. once it was kind of lingering on we're at the 10-month mark 12-month mark that's when it starts kind of eating into you mentally or at least for myself you know prior to that it was very it wasn't easy but I was disciplined and you know just staying super positive once it was kind of lingering on I was starting to get you know thoughts in my head like oh I'm You know, losing time, you know, the competition here is so high, it's going to be hard to get back into it. So they had a sports psychologist there that really helped you work through some of those thoughts, you know, which were obviously new to me, being Mm. so young, but also having my first injury. But, yeah, I was able to push through it. It, They finally healed after getting some additional expert opinions from the U.S. um, doctors. And yeah, I was able to then finally make it back on the field after I, whatever it was, 13 or 15 months. Mm -hmm. Of of course, after that, it did take some time to get the hang of it again. And it was tough to really, you know, it does take time to get back into the level you were before. Mm -hmm. Uh, My contract was also running out. So that's when I um, kind of thought the best move for me was to kind of have a fresh start. Um, and move back home to the us and the mls and mm-hmm. kind of pick up my playing from there
1: yeah and then what what was your first mls game like
2: oh i really loved playing in the mls it was a mm-hmm. uh, it was it was way it was an away game against vancouver whitecaps yeah I, I i played maybe 20 30 minutes but just stepping on the field i don't know i don't want to talk bad about the mls but it was a little bit of a less intense environment than playing at liverpool understandably yeah. i was also you know right away it was close with the guys and just having a lot of fun with them off the field so playing with them on the field just made it that much more fun and connected so it was a really great experience um playing there you know here in the u.s and in mm-hmm. san jose um for the earthquakes
1: Yeah, what about just, like, since you've been to Liverpool and then playing in the MLS, too, you met, like, a lot of people from different countries and stuff. Like, what has that been like? And just, like, I'm sure you know, like, pretty much probably everybody. I met, like, a person from, like, every country now.
2: Yeah, that's that's (laughs) funny. Yeah, at Liverpool we had, geez, we had so many countries, even just on the youth teams, like, Hmm. all over Europe, Africa, South America, obviously the U.S., like myself, um, it, was a, it was a cool experience. You know. Obviously, I was, I'm part German as well, so I kind of had a little bit of that European in me. And my mom you know, raised me to uh, speak German so I can speak German, so I made friends with some of the German guys. Um, but there were there were cliques at the Liverpool team, funny enough. There was kind of a group of um, the English guys that stuck together, then there was a group of the South Americans that stuck together, and then there's a group of like, um, the Spanish guys that stuck together. And then there's like an other group, which I was in, which was, uh, um, uh, like, the a bunch of random countries in Eastern Europe, like Slovakia. So it was kind of funny, you know, we're all, you know, we're all friends and spoke to each other, but, uh, outside of training, there were kind of these little cliques and groups, which, uh, people, you know, felt most comfortable in to so feel like home, I guess, in a sense. Yeah,
1: yeah definitely. Yeah um yeah and then going back into the MLS I know you you had another injury and then uh you ultimately retired correct
2: yes exactly um yeah I had another injury on my uh knee which was the tendon injury a tendonitis and also a partial tear um which was related to my broken leg I was kind of you know as I was rehabbing and coming back I was a little uh, tentative on my right leg mm-hmm. since there were some lingering pains where I broke the leg. So I was kind of overcompensating on my other leg, which uh, where I then developed the tendon injury and tendonitis. Um, but yeah, that one was again another just tough one to deal with. Like I again was kind of the same story where, you know, and if there was a set time frame and I worked towards it, had a small surgery and just kind of rehabbing back, I think I would have been totally fine and disciplined and, um, you know, work towards that goal. But once, again, once things kind of not go the path that you expect, take longer than um, you expect, you needing multiple surgeries because nothing's working, that's, again, when, you know, your mind starts playing games on you and it starts becoming tough mentally, physically, and just draining, um, you know, my whole body and even the people around me, my family, because we're mm-hmm. constantly going to doctors, getting different opinions, doctors saying different things. So that one was a uh, another tough one to deal with. Um, but I was able to play, uh, I think about a, a full year mm-hmm. in the MLS. Um, unfortunately, I was also in pain during that time and taking some painkillers, but I was able to show, um, you know, some of my talent and what I was able to do on the field. And I thought I played really well for my first season there but yeah after that I like I said had multiple surgeries and nothing was really working the pain wasn't going away so I decided it was just you know there's things outside of soccer that matter to me and life in general needs to be lived well and it was just not sustainable anymore so I had to make the tough decision to um, just stop playing and retiring um, Mm -hmm. then, and yeah
1: how about like now? Are you like fully healthy, like recovered from it?
2: Um, No, I, I wouldn't say fully healthy just because, yeah, it was funny. After I did all that rehab and nothing was working, I was just a little fed up. And mm-hmm. in 2018, that was when I retired. So the next year and a half, you know, I was doing light exercise, body weight stuff. But I really just took a break from doing Uh, vigorous exercise obviously because of the pain but also just to take a break from Mm -hmm. that since I was doing it my whole life and I felt like I needed it for my body Um, and when I was just taking a break and not doing anything well funny enough things started to feel a little better and now you know moving here to Park City I've been biking a lot which isn't as hard on your knees so that is great I do feel it every once in a while But I'm thankful that I'm able to, you know, still run, still bike, still, I skied even this past season. So, yeah, I have been feeling better, thankfully. But there's always these lingering pains that I I know how to deal with now and manage. So, yeah.
1: I gotcha. Uh, Well, I got to ask, just because you're, since you're still only 25, like, say, like, even if it was, like, five years from now and you're, like, feeling, like, great, like, you go play soccer, like, (laughs) would you consider it?
2: Yeah, I mean definitely. I yeah, I've had obviously people ask me that a lot because they miss watching me play and you know, just people in mm-hmm. my family and friends are asking me, Oh, why don't you play again? And I I have been considering it. Um, the past two years I really just needed a break and I wasn't even thinking about it because I just wanted to feel good again physically and mentally because without that, you know, you can't do anything, whether that's soccer or other lines of work or just you know living a good life so the past two years i wasn't thinking about it but now that i'm really feeling uh back to myself a little bit um i had a couple thoughts about it haven't Mm -hmm. looked into it enough because like i said i just started feeling good so i'm like oh oh it's so great to you know have less pain to feel better mentally um just get over the fact that i had to stop you know Mm -hmm. playing soccer which was my lifelong passion but now you know i'm definitely gonna start playing for fun just pick Mm -hmm. up games friends whatnot but then there yeah i feel like that i'm a competitive person so i love to compete and um, play at a decent level so that that itch might creep back in and push me to play again
1: all right yeah i got you i I could already hear it in your voice just by you're just describing it playing pickup soccer with your friends (laughs) (laughs) uh
0: Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players? Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? Now you can, with Be Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today.
1: Are you ready for the the five Quincy questions?
0: Uh,
2: That's here. I I don't know (laughs) if I'm ready, but I'll take them on.
1: Uh, What do you think the most important quality or skill uh, that made you successful as a pro player
2: oh wow yeah that's a good question Quincy <laughs> of course um I think yeah I think it's fun I think it varies for everyone because everyone mm. has their own style of play obviously and their own uh, strengths I mean obviously if, I know Quincy spoke about this in the past but the first touch is a big one but for me personally I would say something that i was always good with and people always mentioned to me was first my versatility and being able to attack to defend and just play in many positions well at at a very high level but the other one was just consistency where Mm. i was playing you know i didn't have really many obviously everyone has ups and down games but i never really had any horrible games i was always very consistent and that's why the coaches always really liked playing me, and they knew they could count on me because in whether that was a friendly game or a, or a knockout game in a cup or something, um, or the World Cup again, yeah, where there's knockout games, they just knew they could count on me because they knew I would perform at a high level.
1: What do you think is the biggest mistake pro players are making?
2: Biggest mistake? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's an obvious obvious one for me. I know we talk about it a lot at Perfect Soccer, but yeah, taking advantage of their you know status, being a professional player, their time off the field when they're not at training, and making use of that status uh, combined with that time to you know make connections, start networking with people outside of st- soccer, start networking and thinking about things that um, you enjoy outside of soccer. Or even in the soccer world whether that's you want to be a coach after you're playing or an agent or something like that just starting to think about those things which is the first step brainstorming and f- testing things out figuring out what you like um and then working towards that so since everyone knows you know the retirement age is 30 35 different for everyone for me 20 I don't even want to say, I think 22. (laughs) So if I wasn't thinking about those things, which Quincy really helped me with, uh, while we were at San Jose, um, I wouldn't be in the position where I am now with the freedom I have with enjoyment of what I'm doing now outside of soccer.
1: Gotcha. Um, what, what advice would you give uh, a young player trying to make a pro league?
2: Obviously, Obviously there's many things, but I think if I pinpoint just one big one, um, I would say just training outside of what you are told to or do at your team level. I think every pro pro, pro player, and especially the best players in the world, I think most of their um, technical skills and knowledge, um, more technical skills, uh, come from training and working outside of a team environment because you're getting... So many more touches on the ball than if you're, you know, obviously sharing the ball throughout training with many players. When you're on your own, training on your own, you're getting so many touches of the ball. You get to test out different things you might not in training. Um, So definitely just taking that time to knowing that you want to play pro, then that'll push you then to take the extra time to um, work on your skills outside of team training and on your own.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, these, these next two could be either soccer-related or life-related. What What's something that most people think is true that you believe isn't?
2: Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Um, <laughs> I think for this one it's soccer-related because most people think um, that all professional athletes have it easy, have so much freedom, live an easy life, um, have um, – have so much money, Um, I think those are some of the big ones where it's not very true. People look at the top elite athletes in the world, which is, um, in every sport, which is that maybe 0.1% of all of the professional athletes in those um, uh, specific sports. And knowing just, I think people think all athletes, like I said, have it easy, where I would say 80% these are just numbers I'm guessing, but Mm -hmm. I'll say at least 80% of those athletes are actually really fighting, living also paycheck to paycheck, Um, whether that's in soccer. I know the basketball has, you know, several divisions and leagues. It's not just the NBA. Those are Mm -hmm. still professional athletes. Um, And just kind of knowing that getting to that elite level isn't just, you know, walk in the park, you know, they train their whole lives. Obviously some we born with talent. Um, but knowing that to get to that level, there's such a grueling fight and com- com- competition um, in those lower leagues and um, around the world.
1: Yeah, definitely agree with you on that one. Yeah. What's something you would move forward with if you weren't scared of what would happen if it didn't go well?
2: Jeez, that's a tough question. But what do you think? Uh, for me personally, um I think a big one, my girlfriend has been telling me this, was, yeah, trying to play soccer again. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, there is always those uh, fears of having pain again. And I think, you know, I've obviously had some just trauma mentally from dealing with all the injuries and uncertainties and days after where you're having a new injury, just, you know, not feeling great and not, you know, not being happy about it. So, just to that fear of, um, which I know personally shouldn't hold me back, but obviously mm. there's stuff to work through to get to that point, is um, just being able to, if I wanted to, to really commit to playing again and not um, fearing, you know, having another injury, not fearing my broken leg to start hurting again, not fearing um, not being good enough mm. to play at the professional level again is. I think uh, um, a big one for me, like I said, if I do choose to play again at some point.
1: Yeah. All right, are you ready for some uh, fun, fun questions, some quick hitters? Yeah,
2: let's get it.
1: <laughs> uh, who's one player in the MLS and one player overseas that you'd want to do a jersey exchange with?
2: Oh, that's awesome. Um, one player, I guess I'll just speak of the time I was playing because I really mm-hmm. tried to get his jersey, um, but... I'm trying to think what happened. It was a pure right. <laughs> Andrea Pirlo, because he was one of my favorite players. Um, while he was playing, you know, just his calmness on the ball, his technical ability, of course, and obviously what he's accomplished at the club and international level. Um, I try to switch jerseys after the game with him. Uh, we played them in New York. He Megged me really bad, but I was still willing to, uh, want to switch jerseys with him and i think uh yeah i just didn't get a hold of him after the game and i was unfortunately didn't get his jersey um and overseas i would say hmm, let's see overseas Um, uh, I would say Coutinho because I trained with him at Liverpool. Obviously he made that big move to Barcelona and now Bayern Munich. Um, and he was just insane in training, you know, especially in those tight spaces. He just blows you away. So he would have been the player I would have chose to swap jerseys with overseas.
1: Yeah, it's dope. Um, what's your, what's your favorite food? What's my favorite food? Um, I would say
2: my type of food, which has been my favorite for a while now, is the Mediterranean. Um, There's this one place in L.A. which I really, really miss. Uh, Just L.A. restaurants in general are hard to beat. But, yeah, Mediterranean food with the hummus, the fresh fish, um, you know, the different fresh vegetables. Um, That's been kind of my favorite food for a while now.
1: All right. Uh, Yeah, last one. Uh, I know you kind of touched on it before, but what do you like to do in your free time?
2: my free time yeah no i did touch on it but yeah i I have quite a few hobbies now that i really enjoy which are um obviously doing outdoor sports like mountain biking skiing um you know four wheeling um another thing i really enjoy is video games uh, whether that's fifa i love fifa um i also play you know mainly fifa but sometimes a couple other games like red dead redemption things like that um i like to read um in my free time just to relax and learn yeah i think those are the main things that i do oh and of course play with my dogs which is just a blast they're a handful right now they're both puppies but it's i wouldn't change it for the world
1: yeah they're like little kids right (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes worse because you can't put a diaper on them yeah. when they poop everywhere yeah,
1: sure. oh man well Mark I appreciate you coming on uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you on social media
2: yeah of course Paul no thanks you were great um, yeah you guys can find me on Instagram as well as Twitter I have the same uh, tag on there just my name Mark Pelosi that's with a C M-A-R-C Pelosi Um, So, yeah, you guys can find me on there. I'm not as active as I should be, but um, I I also took a small break from social media, but you guys can definitely contact me or reach out to me on there. All
1: right, again, appreciate it, and uh, best of luck with everything, and hopefully uh, everything goes back to normal soon.
2: Thanks so much, Paul. Yeah, I appreciate it.
1: Quincy Marroquois
0: here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening, and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.